This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hopsteiner, a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality, sustainability, and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products. Contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop-related tools you need to craft your next great beer. For more information, visit hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. Domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand-new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com. it in at the break tank uh, at relatively low levels, you know, we're talking maybe three grams per hectoliter, will give you a nice stable haze. This week on the show, it can stabilize flavor, it can remove haze, or it can create stable haze. We take a look at applications for tannic acid in the brewery. This episode originally ran in June of 2017. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode that you won't want to miss. Welcome to the Master Brewers Podcast. I'm your host, John Bryce. Today, we're joined by Joe Formanek, Director of New Product Development for Ajinomoto North America. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, John. Thank you for having me on. Joe, you recently published in the Master Brewers Technical Quarterly, and your article makes the case that tannic acid can improve both colloidal and flavor stability in beer. When was tannic acid first used in beer? You know, tannic acid has actually been a component of beer for for millennia, basically. Um, any originally, of course, uh, when you packaged beer uh, for transport or even just for packaging, you know, for beverage, um, it went into wooden barrels. These wooden barrels typically were made from oak, and the oak barrels have tannic acid in them. So, in effect, what you were getting was a preservative effect from the tannic acids being leached out from that oak. I saw your tannic acid presentation during the 2016 District Milwaukee Technical Conference in Chicago, and that was during the presidential campaign and just a day or two after Gary Johnson's famous "What is Aleppo?" blunder. When you started talking about <laughs> when you started talking about Aleppo gallnuts, I was dying to raise my hand and ask "What is Aleppo?" but I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But before uh-huh. before we get into how tannic acid actually works, let's talk about where tannic acid comes from. Could you give listeners the lowdown on commercial sources of tannic acid? 
Oh, sure, sure. Well, you know, the world of tannic acid is huge. Um, tannic acid is a really important component of a lot of different types of woods, um, and it's used for different purposes. Um, some tannic acids can be astringent, you know, and we, we know this as brewers because, you know, you're always told, watch out for extracting tannins, you know, from the grain because they're in grain husks as well. But the tannic acid that we're talking about for use for clarifying and for stability is a different type of tannic acid. And this actually does come from gallnuts. Gallnuts are a nut that an oak tree produces on a branch. Basically, it's a defense mechanism when um, you have these little gall wasps that lay eggs into the branch of the tree. Then the tree tries to isolate this from you know the rest of the tree and makes these gallnuts. Uh, the tannic acid that's in these gallnuts is very distinctly different than the tannic acid that's in the rest of the tree. And, um, you know, it has a different, uh, different molecular weight, different polymerization. And the discovery was made that, um, interestingly enough, the tannic acids that are in these gallnuts are perfect for clarifying or for stability. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned with Aleppo, it's it, the type of gallnut is one of the sources of the tannic acid is from Aleppo gallnuts, but you know it's it's from uh, it's from around the region. It's not actually from just Syria. <laughs> you can get it from sumac. Um, you can get tannic acid from really a, a number of different botanical sources. Um, our, what we use many times, um, you can use you can get tannic acid from pteropods. Um, and that's a little different type of tannic acid, and typically it's not used that much in the brewing industry. Uh, but you also have Chinese gallnuts, and if you look at the gallnuts from China versus Aleppo, they might have a different polymerization of the tannic acid. So you might have a different use for that tannic acid from the Chinese versus the Aleppo gallnuts. And finally, also sumac. Uh, sumac leaves are a pretty good source of tannic acid as well. Though, again, you might not have the application in the brewing industry, you know, for the tannic acid from there. But, um, but yeah, tannic acids are, are pretty much uh, pretty universal in nature. Okay. The average brewer understands that some of the polyphenols present in brewing raw materials can behave as antioxidants. Without getting too far into the chemistry weeds, could you explain how tannic acid can improve flavor stability? Certainly. Yeah, the tannic acid, um, it's rather unique um, for ingredients that you can use um, in, in brewing because what happens is that the the structure of the tannic acid allows a chelation of iron of iron of copper of you know certain ions that you might have um, issues with in oxidation. Uh, these ions typically can promote uh, what are called Fenton reactions, and these Fenton reactions produce uh, free radicals. Free radicals are very active compounds that they can, you know, cause oxidation issues, you know, and when they might react with compounds from hops, you might get a 
kind of a cardboardiness or a, a paintiness or, you know, just really the off flavors that develop during oxidation. So what happens is that when the tannic acid is there, um, you're removing that iron and you're removing the copper, uh, or at least, you know, a, a large part of it. Not so much that, you know, you're removing all of it. So, because as we know, yeast do need, you know, certain levels of these ions as well. But you're removing the excess so that you're not having those issues with oxidation. Okay. What's the optimal point to add tannic acid into the brewing process when you're trying to achieve flavor stability, and why is that? Okay. Yeah, typically we we suggest that you add the tannic acid early on in the brewing uh, process if you're looking for flavor stability because our we've seen research uh, that's been conducted that show that really if you start having issues with oxidation uh, early on during the even during the mashing, you might have some ions present, and then you might get some Fenton reactions that occur, and then you have free radicals that form, and it just it's a cascade effect. So even in the very beginning, if you start getting that oxidation, then you have problems later on. So the earlier you can get in the tannic acid, the better for flavor stability. So we actually suggest adding it in right in your mash water. Um, you can add it in at relatively low levels. Coming up, how tannic acid can be used to eliminate haze or stabilize it for all those wheat beers and New England IPAs. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. Support for this podcast is brought to you by ABS Commercial is a full-service brewery and parts outfitter. From our Raleigh headquarters to our Denver office, we proudly offer brew houses and fermenters from three barrels and up, yeast brinks, boilers, kegs, chillers, triclamp, and other stainless parts, all with the quickest delivery and lead times in the industry. Learn more at abs-commercial.com or call 877-BREW-ABS. ABS Commercial. We are brewers. Additional support provided by Brewery Supply Group is now the proud exclusive distributor of Dingaman's Malt. BSG is thrilled to partner with the Dingaman's family and to distribute their superior quality malts to brewers, distillers, and homebrewers in the U.S. and Canada. Dingaman's Malt combines modern techniques with their long-standing focus on quality and service to their customers and remains 100% independent and family-owned. Go to bsgcraftbrewing.com to learn more. And thank you also to Brew Monitor from Precision Fermentation live streams data from your active fermentations, allowing you to remotely track dissolved oxygen, pH, gravity, pressure, temperature, and conductivity from any smartphone, tablet, or PC. Try it free for 30 days. Visit precisionfermentation.com MBAA. As you might imagine, there still aren't any opportunities to gather in person for district meetings, but that doesn't slow us down. After all, Master Brewers, which was formed in 1887, has survived more than one pandemic. Spring and summer have brought us numerous webinars and virtual district meetings, many of which can be replayed on demand. You've heard me talking about the 2020 World Brewing Congress for several months now. As I've mentioned, it's my favorite industry conference. I've been looking forward to it since the 2016 WBC ended. 
Unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we won't be able to gather in Minneapolis as planned. As much as that stinks, there is a pretty serious silver lining. WBC 2020 is going fully virtual, which means you can access the world's most cutting-edge research in brewing science and technology easily and affordably from the comfort of your own home. Registration for WBC Connect is now open, with information on both free and paid programming options. Visit worldbrewingcongress.org for details, or check the direct link in the show notes. The District Northwest Fall Meeting is scheduled for October 9th and 10th. You've probably heard of or even attended one of the famous two-week courses that Master Brewers puts on each year in Madison. Well, those classes will be all virtual this year, which means you can now get the same education without spending money to travel and while taking advantage of 45% off course tuition. The Brewery Maintenance Systems course begins October 11th, and the Brewing and Malting Science course starts October 25th. Did you know we have a team of Master Brewers members like Bryn Keenan and Dominic Charbonneau who rate district presentations and recommend guests for this show? Do you want to be part of that team? It's an important job, and it only takes about two hours per year. Learn more at masterbrewerspodcast.com slash working group, or look for more details in the Master Brewers Communicator. Now back to the show. Joe, pl- uh, plenty of brewers are, are using PVPP in the brew house to stabilize against polyphenols. Is tannic acid compatible with hot, hot side PVPP applications, or are those two process aids going to just react with each other and produce sort of diminishing returns or suboptimal results? Actually, they do work well together. Um, I've done some testing here in our laboratories that show that the use of uh, the combination of tannic acid with PVPP gives you a really brilliantly clear beer that also has better stability, long-term stability. The important thing, though, is that the tannic acid needs to be added before the PVPP. Um, Once you add the tannic acid to your process, it acts very quickly. You know, so, you know, when you add in the tannic acid into your boil, almost, you know, within the space of a few seconds, you see this kind of a white cloud that forms. And that is all of the precipitation that's immediately occurring and then crashing out in your, you know, in the boil. When you add the PVP after that, then it PVPP then kind of scavenges out any additional, you know, compounds that... uh, that might also help, you know, for the clarifying. So yeah, you can use them together, and it and it does function quite well. Excellent. Moving on to colloidal stability, your article mentions that tannic acid can be used either to eliminate haze-forming proteins or to stabilize and maintain desired haze. Tell us more mm-hmm. about that, because these days there seem to be just as many brewers looking to create haze <laughs> as there are looking to stabilize against it. Exactly. A lot of New England ITAs out there now. That's um, right. And, and really, this kind of plays into what I was talking about before, about the level of polymerization and the amount of, uh, really, the molecular weight of the tannic acid. There are, the different sources of tannic acid can give you these different weights. Um, a lower molecular weight tends to stay in solution. So what will happen is that it will combine, you know, with the haze proteins, for example, but instead of uh, then precipitating out, they'll just 
being maintained in solution. Uh, meanwhile, the higher molecular weight ones that are more for clarifying, they combine with the haze proteins and then they do precipitate out. So we there are different, uh, again, different sources of tannic acids that are available that can give you, you know, some with the haze stability, you know, so you can maintain a hazy wit beer or Weizen beer or a Nunguid IPA, or you can get the uh, clarifying effect, you know, from a different tannic acid. And what, what are the optimal uh, points to add tannic acid when you want to create haze and then, and then also when you want to eliminate that? Where, where are you going to add that in the process? If you're trying to eliminate haze, typically you're adding the tannic acid relatively late in the process. Um, more towards, you, you can add it in the boil and it will help to some extent, but if you're talking more of a bright tank addition or even during the filtration process, uh, you can add this, uh, you can add the tannic acid in with your uh, filtrates and um, it, what it does, it help scrub out, you know, those haze proteins and you can have a really brilliantly clear beer. Uh, Now, the one for haze uh, stability, typically you'd add that in also at the bright tank, you know, a little bit later on. You can add it in at the end of the boil if you're a little concerned about, you know, any contamination issues, but typically it's, you know, you really don't have to worry about that. Um, Adding it in at the bright tank uh, at relatively low levels, you know, we're talking maybe three grams per hectare the leader will give you a nice stable haze okay and for a brewer who's not looking to create haze who wants to stabilize against it and and also to mm-hmm. you know increase their um their shelf life and the flavor stability as well um where would you mm-hmm. where would you suggest a brewer who's never really used tannic acid before start if they want to kind of get the the biggest bang for their buck okay for uh you need for clarifying yes mainly Okay. Yeah, for clarifying, um, you can add it at the end of the boil, but um, really the better option, though, is later on. So it is more in the maturation. Um, bright tank addition will really work very well, the best bang for the buck as far as that goes, you know, for the clarifying. Um if you have a filter again, you know, then addition at the filtration is also a, a great option. There are a number of breweries that do that process. Um, but to be honest, um, if you're a crap brewer, um, you don't have the filtration, um, you know, the maturation tank, you know, bright tank works great, or even honestly, even at the end of the boil, you'll get quite a bit of uh, clarifying, even when you add it in, say 10 minutes before the end of the boil. Okay. Very good. I'm going to encourage listeners who like to learn more about tannic acid to do three things. The first is to check out Joe's article in the Master Brewers Technical Quarterly. The second would be to check out Joe's PowerPoint presentation, which you can find in the Master Brewers District Presentations Archive under District Milwaukee's 2016 Technical Conference, or simply by typing tannic acid into the search bar at mba.com. Important point, that's after you've logged in, because users who aren't logged in aren't going to see all possible search results. And then last, for number three, there's a great place where you can ask questions about things like how tannic acid works, how to dose it, or hear about other brewers' experiences with process aids like tannic acid. And all of the responses are moderated for technical accuracy by a team of industry experts. The place for that is, of course, Master Brewers' award-winning discussion forum known as Ask the Brewmasters, which can be found on the Master Brewers community at community.mbaa.com. All right, Joe, thanks for chatting with us about tannic acid, and thanks so much for publishing with Master Brewers. I hope you have a great day.
Yeah, thank you, you too. That was Joe Formanick here on the Master Brewers Podcast. And as always, you'll find direct links to all the resources I mentioned in the show notes. You've heard me talking about the 2020 World Brewing Congress for several months now. As I've mentioned, it's my favorite industry conference. I've been looking forward to it since the 2016 WBC ended. Unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we won't be able to gather in Minneapolis as planned. As much as that stinks, there is a pretty serious silver lining. WBC 2020 is going fully virtual, which means you can access the world's most cutting-edge research in brewing science and technology easily and affordably from the comfort of your own home. Registration for WBC Connect is now open, with information on both free and paid programming options. Visit worldbrewingcongress.org for details, or check the direct link in the show notes. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, ABS, Proximity Malt, BSG, Gussamer, and Precision Fermentation. So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support. 